Hey, Julie, what's up? How's it going? Hey, Andrew. It's going good. How are you? I am stressed, but I'm doing good. Um, got where we released some new stuff last week and there were we kind of just blew open all the floodgates of it because normally we've been hiding it behind a feature flag hmm. and now everyone's in it. And so there's some new edge cases coming down the pipeline and you know, a lot of people are asking, there's questions. And so I'm trying to figure out like, how do I prioritize all these issues like that are either questions or actual bugs? And like, if they are actual bugs, what do I do with them then? And so a little overwhelming, but um, the launch went good. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Sounds like uh, fun times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I was doing some, so I've been learning SQL a little bit, right? And it got me thinking more about like, how do I learn as like a person and like, how do like people learn in general? And I think that's something like, I don't think we often think about, you know, it's like, how do I learn? I struggled with this when I was learning programming, when I was trying to figure out what is the best platform for me. And I found out for me personally, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I need different types of platforms in order to get a concept through. So me working at Codecademy, I used Codecademy, which was really nice because of the interaction that I can have with the code. But I also really wanted to have videos, like someone teaching me something. But it wasn't, I don't want a lecture because right. I couldn't pause it. I found myself always pausing videos and either Googling or applying it to something else that I was working on. And that was really helpful for me. How, how have you been learning SQL? I am a very trial by fire type of person. Um, so there's a lot of, a part of it is much just like me jumping in and just trying things um, and seeing what sticks. I think the best way to learn for me personally is to have like a real world example. Like that's what I struggled a lot in school because they were always very hand wavy concepts, right? There was like, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't like apply it to like the real world. And if I can't apply something in the real world, I think it's a waste of my time, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, wait, there is no way that I can like think of like this happening in the real world. And so why do I need to do this? That's really similar to how I need specific examples when someone is teaching me a new concept. I just need concrete examples to understand how something works. I, I totally get that. I, I, I'm like that as well. It's like, okay, you've, ex I think it's because like my auditory processing is not like up to par. <laughs> so it's like someone just talking to me, I can't focus. And eventually like I stop listening, not because I'm trying to, like, I'm desperately trying to listen, but it's like, if there's someone's just droning on and on about like this ambiguous concept that like, I have like either I don't have enough context on or like it's just something that I can't I've never experienced before. It's like I don't understand like how do I understand this because you're just talking to me or just really kind of talking at me. That sounds like you're reading a dictionary and it's like giving you the definition and then I I need it used in a sentence. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, that's a great that's a great analogy actually. It's difficult, but I also agree with you that videos are great because you can pause them. I like tutorials. I don't always, I haven't done any super recently, but when I was first learning Rails, it was all tutorials. Um, not as much like 
actual like going in and like reading all this stuff about like the whys and the hows is more like, okay, I want to uh, let's build something. And then as I build it, I start to understand more and more about it. I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I definitely know people who read like a lot, um, read like a lot of like tutorials, like not tutorials, but like articles and like they're reading bugs on like the Ruby issues and the rails issues. And like, that's how they're learning. And that's never been, I think it's also because my reading comprehension skills are not up to par either. Um, thank you, ADHD. Super cool of you. But yeah, it's I definitely need pictures. Um, I definitely need pictures to understand something. I can't believe how similar we are in this regard. I have terrible reading comprehension. And I actually just discovered someone at my work shared with us a app, kind of like Blinkist. If you've ever mm -hmm. heard of that, it's called Lucid. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I tried it for the first time and I loved how short and quick each chapter goes by, just giving me the main concept and then a little visual of what the words are explaining. And I thought that was really helpful for me to actually apply what I'm reading. Cause I might read one of my favorite books was say Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. I would read that and I would I would see that these ideas are really cool and I'm going to implement them, but then I never go and do anything with it. And then the whole book is gone and I did nothing. And now I don't remember anything that I learned, but those apps were really helpful for me to get the main concepts and then take us, just take a minute to write a note to myself on what I want to do. And it's actually been more helpful than... <laughs> reading the whole book. I think I I had Blinkist for a while. I have actually thought about restarting it soon. Um, yeah, I, and I liked it for the same reasons. Like, And also because a lot of the books they have on Blinkist, what Blinkist basically is, and I think Lucid as well, is basically they take a book and they basically summarize it um, and give you kind of like the key points. And for a lot of books, um, that's really all you need, I found. <laughs> Um, it's like, why do I, need, I don't need to read like, you know, 400 pages about like a concept that can be broken down into like, you know, a 10 minute, you know, thing. I wish you could do that with programming, but you can't really because, <laughs> it, you know, you need to see examples and it's hard to talk code out. So yeah, that's, that's been a struggle for me, especially like I have all these programming books and I haven't read any of them. Um, but I think what you said that I think is really important is the taking the notes part. Because I don't remember things um, at all. So <laughs> I have to like write things down. And I found like as my like ability to like craft better notes has increased, my ability to like learn and remember things has also increased, especially because like if I don't remember it, I know where to go get it. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big help for me. And also I, I can also like you, I consume like a lot of different types of media. And I think that's kind of important when you're first starting out to kind of figure out the best way you learn. Cause I know a lot of people, especially in boot camps, right. Cause it's kind of more like a self-guided thing, I think to a degree. And some people just don't learn like that. Right. Like some people need to have someone there, like making sure they're on the right path or there to always answer questions. And if you have all this opportunity, like it can be hard to like single in and actually get it done and like learn what you're supposed to learn. This reminds me so much about my learning journey where in my first year I was learning solo and it was really hard for me to stay motivated and I didn't have anyone to ask questions to. I didn't know anybody in the community yet. 
And in my second year, I started learning in communities and I was so passionate about learning with other people that I helped create study groups or study sessions and I would lead them and it would help kind of bring different thought processes into one session where I may not have thought about something that someone else thought about. So just having other people there helped me understand it even better. Yeah. Collaboration is key. I think, especially like I am the type of person where I have to talk things out. And I used to have, uh, when I worked in an office, I had a whiteboard and that whiteboard was my favorite thing on this earth because like I would be trying to explain something. I'm like, you know what? This isn't working. I would just get up and start drawing like shapes or like pictures or like diagrams or something that helped me so much. And I really just need to buy a new whiteboard, a personal whiteboard, but I want a big <laughs> one and they're expensive. Uh, yeah, I learning and commute, the, the being able to talk something out is so important, I think, or it, just to have other people be like, yeah, I don't know about that, you know, because it mm -hmm. can really expose like some flaws in your thinking or open you up to like new ways of doing things. So I always take like opportunities to pair with people and any any sort of opportunity like to work with someone else. I love doing that because I learned so much more doing that than learning by myself. Like the amount of time, like if we sat on a call for like two or three hours pairing on something, I would learn so much more during that period than I would three hours of like self-study or something. I completely agree with that. It doesn't have to be someone that's more experienced than you that you learn something from. I started picking up a couple of mentees myself and we would start chatting. And as I'm trying to explain something to them, I realize what my gaps in knowledge were and what I want to try to focus on. There's this saying that if you can't explain something simply, then you don't really understand it. And I find that to be completely true. Oh, yeah, I do, too. I, there's There have been many times where I've started explaining something and suddenly, like, in the middle of the explanation, realized, like, wait, I actually don't understand this. <laughs> like, I totally thought I did. But now that I'm talking it out loud, I don't. Uh, the teaching thing, especially, like, you're 100% right that you don't have to be, um, that you don't have to learn. You, it doesn't have to be a senior that you're learning from, right? Because I pair with juniors all the time and they teach me all sorts of stuff. I think that's really important. And also, I think when you're pairing and you are like the more senior person, you are quote unquote, no more. I think it's important to tell that person when they've taught you something because it gives them the, I think it gives them confidence, right? Um, to kind of keep doing it. So yeah, I, I love that kind of like feedback cycle. Um, and that's why, yeah, you should never, never assume that like this, someone can't teach you something. Like, I think that's the kind of like mantra that has carried me the most in life is like, always assume that anyone can teach you something. I love that you uh, brought that up. Yeah. I think it's important. Um, it's, it's easy to forget. Right. I think because you're like, oh, well, I've been doing this for four or five years. Right. <laughs> like I know all the things and it's like, no, nah, not really. And also it's, it doesn't even have to be about the specific problem you're working on. Cause I often find like, uh, when I'm pairing with certain people, like they'll do something in their editor or they'll do something with their browser or they'll do something with some extension. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. And those are also really fun um, to kind of like learn and see and kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's a lot of fun. Thanks so much for pointing that out. It kind of goes along the same lines as a senior telling the junior all of the times that they've made mistakes and it just helps the junior feel less 
I don't know, less imposter syndrome-y. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all make mistakes, right? I mean, and if you're a senior, that means you've made way more mistakes than the junior has at that point. <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah, it's all a part of that learning process of like, Hey, like we're all in this together and we all make mistakes. And like, I've failed so many times and like, you're going to fail too. Right. And, but it's okay. And just kind of becoming like comfortable with that, like state of failure, I think is it's hard, but that's another like really important thing to learn. Is just like, you know, you're going to fail a lot. And at some point you have to like, if you're, if you don't become okay with that and like, like reframe your thinking about, okay, I failed, but let me learn from this. Right. So what, what did I do wrong? How can I do this better in the future? Like sometimes I make like really big mistakes and I'll never make them again. Um, and it's all about like, kind of just coming to terms with like that first time and don't take it as like a failure. Like you're not a failure because you make a mistake. <laughs> Everyone makes mistakes. It's you're it's what you do after that, that kind of defines like how I think successful you will be. Isn't that like Thomas Edison who failed like hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands of times? Yeah. Persistence, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to think. So I love YouTube. I watch a lot of videos on YouTube um, when I'm trying to learn things. I also... Reading docs is hard. <laughs> reading the docs <laughs> is really hard. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but it's hard to read docs. I find it easier to actually jump into the code and kind of like see what's going on a little bit more if the docs are like really long or not really good or something. Unfortunately, I will go into a doc and try to read something and then go straight back to Google and look for the same thing in a different format. Yeah. I, I hate, totally I hate to that. admit that. <laughs> no, I do the same thing. It's like, okay, you didn't word this in a way that my brain is comprehending, but like this GitHub issue did word it the way I, I wanted right. it. Yeah, I learned a ton from that. Uh, I will, some like tricks, like there's more than just these, but these I think are important to know off the top of my head. Bundle open is a command you can run inside of an application. So like if I'm developing in my Rails app, which is Podia right now, and we're using um, Stimulus Reflex is a gem that uh, Nate Hopkins created and that I worked on a long time ago. And it was not doing something I expected it to do, right? So if you type bundle open and then the gem name, it will actually open the gems code inside of your editor so you can see what's going on. You can even stick prize or puts debugging statements in there. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. You can put a pry into a gem. And then whenever that code gets executed, it will like, as you expect in your Rails app, like, like open up the pry and then you can see what's actually happening. That is literally what I was working on with my pair last week. We needed to put a binding.pry inside of a gem. The problem was, I think he opened up the wrong file because we were in a Docker container and he was opening ah. it up in his local. I don't know if the bundle open would work in a docker but it will it it would have saved us 30 minutes <laughs> it should i don't i mean i used to work in docker I haven't recently um thank god but it should it should be the same yeah if you yeah it's bundle open and then the name of the gem that's, that's awesome. a great one what else are there's like the the debug statement in javascript is helpful as well you can just type debug and it will like break on that in the mm -hmm. browser 
that's a helpful one. I don't use the one as much. Like I'm a big pry user. Um, I think pry is like the first gem I put in any Rails app I come to. Um, although the debug, the new debug stuff is cool, but I'm not the biggest fan of it at this moment, but we'll see. Do you know what the difference between binding.pry and binding.irb does? Yes. Uh, binding.irb is baked into Ruby. Um, so that is a Ruby uh, thing you can do to open up an IRB, like to break on like a line of code and open it up in IRB. And pry is a gem. And it basically just adds to that experience. I think it kind of it builds on top of binding.irb and just adds a bunch more um, functions to it. And like, there's also plugins for it. And there's ways to do things inside of Pry that you can't do inside of IRB. Uh, this example is <laughs> maybe a little hard to follow. I'm going to try to do it anyway. The big one for me is like, if I'm in a class, right? Let's say I'm in a user's controller. Um, and I put a pry, I put a binding.pry inside the user's controller. And the user's controller in the new action calls like another um, a model or another an interactor or something else, right? You can actually CD into that class in pry. So you could type CD um, users or create users interactor. And it will actually then move you into that um, class where you can then see everything that's in the context in that class. It's kind of hard to explain, but it basically just means you can move between classes and then see what's happening in those classes instead of having to put like a new pry in that class. Wow. Cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with pry. Um, I would definitely, some Googling will help you in that sense for the listeners, but <laughs> I don't know, pry, uh, best, best tips with pry or something like that. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with it. You can also add like custom uh, methods to it. So like in, um, in Podia, like we were, we've been rebuilding our checkout and like there, I basically was like, okay, every time like we make a change, we come back here and we create a new user and we do all this stuff. But actually, like I could, you can write like a method in Pry to execute, you know, whatever you wanted to do. And so basically, whenever I ran this certain command in Pry, it would take the user that I was just using um, and it would delete all of the associated records to it. So it was like back to a new user. And that would save us a bunch of time. So I wouldn't have to create a new user every time. Um, oh, so there's nice. all sorts of really cool stuff you could do with it. Um, I'm not taking what? advantage of Pry myself. Pry is fantastic. Um, I, I'm sure I'm only using like a small portion of what it's actually capable of, but there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with it. Um, a lot of really cool stuff. Do you learn well from conference talks? <laughs> I want to say uh, that's a that's a hard one to answer right now because my first tech conference was RailsConf 2022, but I spent a lot of that time in workshops and in the hallway track. Mm -hmm. So I can't give you an answer. Uh, I did end up going back and reviewing some talks on YouTube, and it was really nice because I could pause it go look something up and play it again. One of the other things that's really awesome about the Ruby community is getting to know the speakers and the speakers actually reaching out to me 
offering to pair with me on what they talked about. And I thought that was just a really great gesture. And I, I took them all up on their offer. Nice. So, yeah, that's really cool. I find for conference talk specifically that I take a lot more inspiration from them than I do actual concrete things. So it's like, oh, well, this gives me this idea of something I could do much less than, oh, I'm going to do this exact thing. Because a lot of them are more like concepts or ideas or kind of walkthroughs and journeys, much less than like prescriptions almost of like, all right, this is how you could do this. Um, so I, I find myself taking a lot of inspiration from them, less though than like concrete things. That's a good one. Uh, for example, Andrea Fumera's talk, I'm really inspired to help with upgrading our Rails app. Yeah. And I just need to go back and get the main points, but that's kind of an example of how I take that and get inspired by it. Yeah, we uh, we just upgraded Rails 7. So she, wow. she, that, that's a real, like, that's a real talk. I've seen her give it like four times now and it, it's so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely check that out listeners. If you have an Andrea Fermera gave a great rails comp 2022 talk on upgrading rails. She has some really great advice there. Um, but yeah, so I don't learn a ton from conference talks though, <laughs> but ideas though, I think one thing from her talk specifically that is like this idea that she explained how you could implement, but it's just kind of stuck in my brain is like having a rollback plan. Right. And like, it, I don't need to know specifically what the rollback plan is. Like she didn't need to tell me it's like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah. What happens if the upgrade goes wrong and we have to roll it back? Like, have I ever tested to see what would happen if that, if it, if I have to do that, will that break anything? Will it break sessions or something? It's like all these ideas I'd never had before. So yeah, that's what I really like about conference talks and podcasts. I think, other than articles and tutorials, right? I think podcasts are the other medium that I learn from, which is harder because I think kind of like conference talks, it's, well, specifically not like conference talks, you can't show code examples, right? So that's very difficult on a podcast, but they often will like talk about things or where to go find things. And I think that's what I bring out of it. And also just kind of like higher level ideas. Well, I remember listening to I want to say the first episode of the bike shed where I think they were talking about uh Sandy Metz's rules uh mm-hmm. I can't remember what the what they were called basically like have no more than one one action per method and no more than five lines per method and it was really cool to hear them talk about how they applied it at that bot. So stuff like that, I really appreciate hearing. I I know exactly what episode you're talking about, and I really love that. I think they're literally just called Sandy Metz's rules. Um, <laughs> yeah, those some of those are really good. I it's I enjoyed like hearing about them because it's kind of like a thought experiment of like, oh, what would this look like? And I agree with some of them. Um, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I, there were some of them I really liked. Um, so yeah, those are that's a great example. There are some podcasts like Syntax Syntax um, is a JavaScript podcast that I have always learned a lot from. And they they are, I think, really good at taking like complex ideas and then breaking them down into like short, short things that they can just run through. Like one time they did an episode about like a few of the ways you can handle arrays in JavaScript. 
And even though you couldn't see the code, like they gave such great explanations of it. It's like, oh, okay. So this is like when you would use this one and this one is when you would use that one. So that those are really great as well. Nice. I I think I'm kind of out of it. That's that's mainly the way I learn, I think, is a lot of trial and error primarily. And then uh, trying to find if anyone else has run into the same problem or the same concept and see if they can break it down. And then try to find any YouTube videos or things like that. And then always trying to stay out of like the kind of ambiguous, like hand wavy stuff. And I want to see like real examples. Uh, any specific resources to Ruby slash Rails? Yeah, uh, I can think of several specific resources off the top of my head. So for video, um, Go Rails, Drifting Ruby. Um, there's some great uh, YouTube channels that I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. But if you look, if anyone is listening to this and looks in Ruby Radar, we always feature videos, at least two videos. And so um, we'll put, we put a lot of them in there. Oh, Evil Martians has a great YouTube channel. So in terms of podcasts, I mean, I've got to plug us, right? Ruby for all, <laughs> but uh, Remote Ruby, selfless plug again. Uh, I think we do a decent job of like at least going over what's happening in the community maybe not always very specific stuff but we also interview a lot of people in the community so it's kind of great to hear their ideas the ruby on rails podcast from Brittany martin is great um code with jason is a great podcast from jason sweat i love the bike shed the bike shed is fantastic um and there's several there's several more podcasts but in terms of blogs none come to me off the top of my head specifically that I would point people to. Um, I think it's kind of just like, I think I, I discover blog posts as I need them more so than like going and like, oh, every, every day I look at this person's blog and this person's blog. That's not really my style. Um, but so yeah, there's not as many specific blogs that I have as an example, but Jason Sweat, on also has some great articles about testing um those always come first to mind when i think about like oh i need some testing articles like oh jason sweat it, that's what he writes about so that one is top of mind in terms of what else is there i mean for conferences railsconf rubyconf i mean there's those are the big ones in the united states at least that i always enjoy going to and in terms of newsletters, <laughs> the Ruby Radar, um, and then there's Peter Cooper's Ruby Weekly. Those are great. Um, By the so way, yeah, I, I think... learned, I learned, I looked on YouTube for something Rails related. Oh, maybe it was Ruby related, something like five years ago. And I came across Peter Cooper's video and I cannot remember what it was about. Something deeper into Ruby. And I really appreciated how... He explained the concept and I tweeted about it and I got a response from him on Twitter and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting to, to hear back from him. Nice. Yeah. Peter's great. Um, we took a lot of inspiration from him when we created Ruby Radar. So shout out to Peter. He's an OG in the community. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. So I guess we will catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.